This is the CineSnob Podcast. Hey there, welcome to episode 284 of the CineSnob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Cody, we're in the midst of another uh, winter um, event here in, in Texas. Yes. Um, no ice yet, but uh, it's just cold as shit outside, so. Yeah, maybe some ice tomorrow. Um as it's being reported, but yeah, um, you know, uh, bad memories of, <laughs> of a few years ago and, and everything that happened <laughs> last uh, back year. Then. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. Did you try to go to the grocery store or anything? I did a HEB curbside this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, that but go? I didn't, it was fine, but I didn't, but like they were out of <laughs> multiple things and, uh, but I wasn't panic shopping. I promise. I was just like normal everyday yeah. grocery shopping. We have, uh, randall's here which mm-hmm. is um like an albertson's company uh that everybody forgets about when stuff like this happens so you can waltz into a randall's wow. and just get whatever you need there's also an h mart near our house which everyone okay. forgets everyone forgets about that too so we tried heb a couple years ago and and it was bad and then i was like let's just go see what randall's has going on and it was as though nothing was happening that's nice yeah, it was good times. Uh, anyway, uh, Cody, last week we had our big top 10 of 2023 show. And uh, right after that, the nominations uh, were released for the Houston Film Critics Society's uh, annual awards, which, again, you and I are both a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's run down those award- oh, those nominations. Yeah. Uh, what do you say? Uh, so we'll just start with Best Picture at the top. Uh, we have American Fiction, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, Barbie, The Color Purple, Godzilla Minus One, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, and Poor Things. So right off the top, of, I see uh, at least six of them that were on either your top ten or my top ten or both. Mm-hmm. Um, I never actually did see Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, but I've seen that get a lot of buzz. Have you seen it? I have. It's good. Um, I, I think if I was making like a top 25, it may fall somewhere in between like 20 and 25. Um, I, I, I do like that that movie in particular will come up with another nomination a little bit later when you talk about it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting pick. And I think, you know, any pick even, you know, regardless of if it's something that I submitted or or advocated for, I like when our organization goes outside the box on these things. So it was interesting to see that show up. And I know, you know, for me, I think there was what, like four of my top 10 were in the best picture nominees. And I think you had what, like, I have six, six. Yeah. So I've Godzilla minus one, the holdovers, killers of the flower moon, Oppenheimer, past lives and poor things. Yeah. So not bad. Yeah. Um, a movie yeah, I, that, that I think we're not going to talk about on here, but I think, uh, did you watch American fiction? Yes. Just didn't do it for me. I, 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 I thought that the um the 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 sort of like satire of it all was severely undercut by a pretty melodramatic average story. I like Jeffrey Wright in it a lot, and I like Jeffrey Wright in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, yeah, the satire feels kind of lazy in a way, uh, and I don't know that it quite ever really answers for itself. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I I was not aware. Like I never quite made the connected the dots as to what uh, Issa Rae's character was doing. Mm-hmm. For example, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, a lot of people seem to really like it. I I like Jeffrey Wright in it. I don't really care for the movie. Yeah, 
overall. I think it's got some good moments. I, I think it it's got some really funny stuff. Like there's a there's a scene in the beginning where uh um Sterling K. Brown and Jeffrey Wright like yell at a passerby mm-hmm. that was really funny. Yeah. Um yeah, definitely some funny stuff. And by the way, I, anytime Jeffrey Wright is brought up, I always bring up there's a really funny Paul F. Tompkins, Jeffrey Wright story. I don't know if you've ever heard it before. <laughs> I don't think I have. I'll send it to you later. It's very, very funny. Uh, yeah, and then uh, the other one I wouldn't have put on there is, well, the one that I, I thought was just okay was The Color Purple. Mm, I have not seen that. Uh, it's it's a like a movie we'll talk about in a little bit. It's a musical uh, remake obviously of uh, the original film that made its way to the stage and then back to the screen mm-hmm. uh it sen- it seems to tend to f- it tends to forget that it's a musical i felt at times i did mm. i think there's some good performances in it but it's weird because it'll go long stretches without being a musical and it's basically just a remake of the color purple mm. uh, let's move on to uh best director uh, we have Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Alexander Payne for The Holdovers, and Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I think I uh, did nominate, uh, I set my nomination at least in for four of those. I don't think I had Gerwig on there for Barbie. I'm trying to think. I don't, I I, I mean, I, I definitely had Celine Song for Past Lives in mm-hmm. there. Um, definitely had Payne. I definitely had Scorsese. Um can't remember the other ones but you know this is about what you would expect i mean i think um you know these very well might be the five that are nominated for the oscar i think uh these these feel like pretty strong uh you know uh choices here no complaints i mean i i sort of like my sort of lack of interest in oppenheimer notwithstanding nolan is definitely a a worthy uh nominee so I feel like uh, like we talk about like lifetime achievement awards from time mm-hmm. to time. I don't think this is one of them, but I think it's it's one of those. It he's due for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, I mean, a huge critical critical and commercial excuse me, a huge critical and commercially successful director uh, like him. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, mean, it- I, I would be I would be totally fine with any of the other ones winning as well. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Best Actor in a Leading Role, we have Leonardo DiCaprio in Killers of the Flower Moon, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, Andrew Scott, All of Us Strangers, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Uh, again, I'm 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 fine with all of those. I think uh, I I really like Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers. I think it'll probably go to Killian Murphy. Um, yeah, well, I think it's going to be a, a photo finish between those two. I, I'm personally very happy to see Andrew Scott in this. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really was heavily advocating for that performance um and i think if i'm not mistaken this is the only all of us strangers acknowledgement from our group so i'm glad that at least you know there that movie is going to be represented and i think represented with what i feel was um the best performance of the year from where i'm standing so uh you know i I think it is between giamatti and killian murphy i i would love to see giamatti win but um yeah we'll see now, moving on, Best Actress in a Leading Role, Fantasia Barino for The Color Purple, Lily Gladstone for Killers, Greta Lee for Past Lives, Margot Robbie for Barbie, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. I think this lined up exactly with my nominations. Yeah, uh, I had, I definitely had four of the five. I did not have Fantasia Barino because I haven't seen The Color Purple. But, right. um, but again, really happy to see Greta Lee in here for Past Lives. Um, I feel like 
um all of the acting is pretty spectacular um in uh in in that one and i and i do feel like again i would have liked to see uh in a category we're coming up later of ensemble spoiler alert past lives isn't there but i would have loved to see <laughs> past lives in that category but um yeah four out of the five here for me for sure yeah and i i my uh my pick personally is emma stone i wouldn't be surprised for lily gladstone either yeah i mean i think at this point i think emma stone may have it wrapped up but but we'll see yeah uh they did split they did split obviously last week with the golden globes not that that necessarily carries any weight with the categories being split between drama and mm -hmm. musical slash comedy or whatever the hell they call it now uh, best actor supporting role: Robert De Niro for Killers, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things, and Dominic Sessa for The Holdovers. Uh, I definitely had the first four out of those. Uh, Dominic Sessa was not one I had in there, but I'm I'm not dissatisfied with that. Yeah, so I did nominate Dominic Sessa, and I am very happy to see that performance get recognized because I think, um, you know, that movie The Holdovers doesn't work without his performance, I think. And mm -hmm. so um, I, I really am, am glad to see that one pop up. I think I may have had uh, one of the supporting actors from Past Lives in there. I can't quite remember my nominations, but I definitely had Sessa. This one, again, seems to be a two-horse race with uh, with Gosling and Robert Downey Jr. right now. Mm -hmm. And then a little bit of um, I, I, the Charles Melton performance from May, December is, has a lot of buzz behind it, but it's really hard to get a gauge of like how uh, much of a threat that movie is um, right now. Cause I mean, I, I don't think it popped up at all on our critics group list, but I know mm -hmm. a lot of people really like that movie and performance. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to best actress supporting role. Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for the color purple, Rachel McAdams for are you there? God, it's me, Margaret Rosamund Pike for Saltburn, and divine joy Randolph for the holdovers. Um, my, my pick was, uh, Randolph yeah. uh, for the holdovers. I do think that is the one like total sweep of the year where, where, you know, normally we see a certain acting performance, just sweep everything and mm -hmm. including like the Oscars, the critics choice awards, the critics groups. I do think that divine joy Randolph performance is maybe the, the shoe in of the year at this point, especially yeah. because that, that category is not the strongest um uh, you know even looking at these like it's it's it is i mean i love the performance from rosamund pike and saltburn but yeah. i feel like that's like nobody's really acknowledging that one so an interesting uh thing there yeah let's move on best screenplay american fiction uh barbie the holdovers oppenheimer past lives and poor things this yeah. is a, this is a, a tough one for me i know uh i think past lives is probably the most writerly of all of these um followed up very closely by the holdovers yeah uh, and i and i will be interesting to see so again for our critics group we combined adapted mm -hmm. and original so it's just best screenplay across the board um my my fear is that this goes to american fiction um and, yeah. I, and I really don't I, I mean again i don't think that that script is all that great i would love to see past lives the holdovers when I would be okay with Barbie or Poor Things as well, but um, yeah, those would be my top two. Did you see, by the way, uh, earlier this week, I think it was this week, Judd Apatow getting upset that Barbie was nominated for a adapted screenplay as though yeah. it were somehow less worthy? Well, well, not only that, but it 
going for original was solely because that's an easier award to win. Yeah. You know? So I, you know, anyway. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, best animated film: Boy in the Heron, Nimona, Robot Dreams, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. I mean, I think Spider Man Across the Spider Verse should easily walk away with this. I could see the Boy in the Heron sneaking in there. I mean, the Boy in the Heron is going to be really interesting to see if it plays spoiler because it was a bona fide hit in the United States. I mean, it made a lot of money here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was number one at the box office. Yeah. Uh, when it came out uh so i will be interested to see that um did you get to robot dreams did you watch that i haven't yet no i have it uh, i have the screener still but i i haven't that's one that's on my list still to to get to mm-hmm. yeah yeah cool to see that in there I, I i think it's pretty decent but i think this this should go to across the spider-verse but i wouldn't count out miyazaki and boy in the hair on yeah uh best cinematography barbie rodrigo prieto also for Killers of the Flower Moon, Rodrigo Prieto, Oppenheimer, Hoyt von Hoytema, Van Hoytema, sorry. Uh, Poor Things, Robbie Ryan, Saltburn for Linus Sangren. Um, I mean, I, I think it goes to Oppenheimer. I would love to see uh, Poor Things win this because it's just so mm-hmm. interesting to look at. Yeah, but I agree. I mean, I think Oppenheimer is the easy pick here. Um, Poor Things is the most like creative of the bunch, and so I, it would be cool to see that, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't, it's one of those things where I feel like Oppenheimer's going to win the technical stuff pretty much across the board. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, moving on for best documentary feature, American Symphony, Beyond Utopia, The Eternal Memory, still a Michael J. Fox movie, 20 Days in Mariupol. Uh, I abstained because I didn't see enough documentaries this year. I only saw those last two. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume uh, Mariupol would be your pick, making the top 10. Yeah, yeah, and Beyond Utopia was just hanging out outside of the top 10, so either one of those two. I haven't seen American Symphony all the way. I watched a few minutes of it um, and when I was in my sort of, you know, rush to the finish, and it, and it didn't do too much for me, so I do need to finish it. I've seen the other two as well. Still is is fine, um, and the eternal memory is um, is more, like, sad than anything else, but yeah, Mariupol is my top pick. Um, don't have a lot of uh, sort of hope for that i I feel like Mm -hmm. american symphony is the easiest pick here but we'll see all right uh best foreign language feature anatomy of a fall godzilla minus one perfect days society of the snow and the zone of interest i didn't see society of snow or the perfect or perfect days Um, i did see the other three and i i think all of them are great i it's weird that anatomy of a fall is foreign language with i think the vast majority of it being english yeah well, I mean, it was it was disqualified from the Oscars, I believe, for having too much English in it. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I think it's between just, you know, with the zone of interest being, I think, a little bit um, of, of a split between how many people are, like, enjoying it versus, like, how many people are liking it but not having a good experience with it. I, I just kind of wonder if uh, Anatomy of a Fall or Godzilla Minus One takes this one, especially... Um, because Godzilla minus one pops up in best picture for us. So I'm wondering if, if uh-huh. that's the one that takes the cake, but we'll see. I would, I would put my money on Godzilla minus one winning this award uh, mm-hmm. from our group, just based on chatter. I've seen across mm-hmm. the months that this movie has been released. Uh, okay. I'm going to skip a few down to uh, uh best ensemble cast. Yeah. Uh, and that's Barbie, the holdovers, the iron claw killers of the flower moon and Oppenheimer. Um, again, I, uh, didn't have the Iron Claw in there. I, I was lukewarm on that movie. Um, 
but I think any of these others are great picks. I, I do agree with you uh, that um, uh, past lives uh, would have made it in there. I also, this was my kind of shot in the dark at there. It was uh, Godzilla minus one. Mm-hmm. Because that was one of my favorite like elements of the movie, the kind of coming together of these four people, yeah, you know, and you know, sort of uh, becoming an ensemble piece there in the, you know, in the middle of the film until the that's end a, of it. That's a good pick. I, my big push here was all of us strangers. I w- I would have loved to have seen that just because I think that every, every, all four performances in that movie are really good, um, mm-hmm. uh, and especially as they kind of you know come together as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I again can't be too upset about this. This one, uh, interesting that that certain things like like uh, like poor things didn't pop up in this category as well, um, considering like you know the Mark Ruffalo performance that I think a lot of people are liking, and then smaller stuff by like uh, like Rami Youssef and um, mm-hmm. and Gerard Carmichael Will- and Willem Dafoe is really and good. Willem Dafoe, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it, this one, I, I will be really interesting to see how it goes. I mean, I would think that Oppenheimer would probably be the the pick here. But um, I could also see um, anything winning, except for probably Iron Claw, um, just because yeah. it doesn't really pop up anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of the, the big ones there. Uh, the awards will be given out on January 22nd um, in Houston, obviously. I uh, don't know if I'll try to make it this, be able to make it this year. I always do consider trying, but yeah. it's tough. I believe that's on a... Uh, Monday, so yeah, uh, a little a tough, little, a little rough for us uh, working yeah. working folk here that aren't in the Houston area. Uh, anything else before we move on, Cody? No, I think we can uh, go ahead and move forward. All right, let's get started on reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have Mean Girls. May I have everyone's attention, please? We have a new student. What's up, Katie? Are you trying to make the rest of us feel dumb? I'm not trying to. It's just happening. Dear God, woman. Get in, loser. Regina George is a scum-sucking life burner. Why is he by our table? I can hear you, by the way. Can you hear me now? We're going to make her pay. Girls are made deranged by what's called hormones. W-H-O. What is going on? Why is it so tight? I mean, you've had it since the sixth grade. You're probably maturing. This is a uh, remake of the 2004 film Mean Girls, uh, but also an adaptation of the 2017 uh, stage uh, Broadway musical Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't think you've seen. I certainly haven't seen it. No. Uh, what is your What is your take on Mean Girls? Right away, were you a fan of it, the first one? I, I was. Yeah. I mean, it came out when I was in high school in mm-hmm. in two thousand four, and um, and it was a movie where you know I think uh, a lot of people like well, I mean, I should say, I was like a lot of people in that I was a big fan of Tina Fey back then, and yeah. you know, this being a a really big break for her. Um, going outside of what people had known her for, um, you know, writing this movie and um, and uh, and yeah, I was I was a big fan of it. I thought it was extremely funny and yeah, um, and, and really smart and really sharp. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I watched it quite a bit <laughs> growing up. Yeah, we watched it. Um, my niece, uh, her fifteenth birthday, uh, my 
my sister rented a movie theater and this is the movie that we watched mm -hmm. and like she knows the movie which surprises me since it was from five yeah. years before she was born uh anyway tell us about this new one and what you thought of it yeah so it, it is interesting to kind of talk about this movie because it is it is kind of a weird thing right so it is uh, it is, you know, effectively a, um, a, 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 an adaptation of a musical that was an adaptation of the movie. And, um, and, and it's hard to talk about it as its own thing because it is so like beat for beat the same movie, um, where it, it doesn't take a lot of artistic license with the story of it all. You know, there's different character, it's, you know, small different character changes or, um, the, the cast is definitely more diverse uh, than the original film. And then, of course, the big difference here is the um, uh, the addition of songs because it is a musical and, and there are songs throughout. And so what you have here is uh, Angori Rice playing the uh, uh, Lindsay Lohan uh, character, uh, of Katie in this and mm -hmm. you know and again like I could just recite the plot but if you've seen Mean Girls you know the plot and yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's the same exact thing I mean I can't stress enough how much of it is beat for beat the same thing and you know with these types of movies we we talk a lot about you know do they have a reason to exist we talk about this a lot with the live action Disney remakes you know do they justify their existence and for this one I, I don't I don't know because it is a really weird experience where like um you know clearly there's some there's some jokes here that i feel like maybe were punch-ups you know round, like a, a job that tina Fey could take a second crack at a joke or something <laughs> like that you know um but there is so much of this movie that is so heavily reliant on like repeated dialogue uh from the first one um, the same type of jokes. Tina Fey and Tim Meadows both play the same characters in this movie that they did in the original Mean Girls. That's a, a really weird. That's a really weird feeling watching the movie. Mm -hmm. It's it's really off putting to me. Well, especially delivering like literally the same lines of dialogue. Right. Right. And and, and um and like all of the big moments that sort of made Mean Girls what it was, like small little lines of dia dialogue or sort of memes that formed, are all present in here. And it just has like a, 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 a another coat of paint on it. And it's really hard to even call it a fresh coat of paint because it is so similar. Um, and then you have the addition of these songs, which I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a musical person, so I feel like I'm not the best judge about whether a song is like great or not or, you know, fits. But for me, it, it sort of takes away a little bit from the from the sharpness of the original script, because I think the the issue with that i always have with musicals is that everything is sort of like um very explicitly laid out in the lyrics of what's going on so you're like eliminating the guesswork of what a character is feeling or thinking or doing because they're singing what they're feeling or thinking or doing <laughs> and so you lose a little bit of like the incisive commentary um that you might get through you know just watching the movie as is through dialogue um i also feel the problem here is that when you're making a movie this close to the original, it's gonna be really hard for people not to compare performances here and characterizations. And unfortunately for the cast here, it's most of these performances pale in comparison to the original. And again, it's nothing bad about what these performances are in this movie, but you're, you're taking a pretty iconic, you know, teen movie here and you're giving 
the same dialogue, the same, you know, mostly the same script, you're, you know, that comparison has to be invited. And, and I think, yeah. you know, the, you know, I think Angori Rice does fine as Katie. I think, you know, this is a, it pales in compare, like the Regina George character really pales in comparison to what you get with Rachel McAdams. I mean, it's not even close. And, and again, I think, uh, and again, this is not necessarily a slight to Renee Rapp who plays Regina in this one, but you know, it's just not the same. And, um, and I even think to, to some degree, like the Lacey Chabert character is also not the great, not the greatest comparison. I do think that, um, uh, the, 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 the Janice character is maybe the closest you get to being like on par with what Lizzie Kaplan did with this one. But, um, but it's, it's just all an inferior version of it. And so, you know, there's, you know, for this movie to succeed, I think that the, the, the songs have to be like showstoppers. And while I appreciate the sort of choreography that goes into everything, um, I think that there's like one or two good songs in this and the rest are just kind of whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't love the introduction to like Regina and all of this. I don't love a lot of the, um, uh, the scenes that follow. And also it feels like for a two hour movie, some of the narrative pieces are a little bit rushed. It, you mm -hmm. know, I think it kind of rushes the sort of setup of, you know, Katie befriending um, Janice and Damien and then, you know, deciding to spy. I think that's all really escalated uh, quickly. I think that, you know, Katie becoming part of the Mathletes is a little bit, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. really intense, like quickly uh, gotten through just, and, and of course this is because you have to build in a bunch of songs. And so for me, I can't say that I like that it's like a terrible movie. I mean, especially in the first like 20 minutes or so, I laughed out loud multiple times. I think there's some really sharp, funny dialogue here. I like the little bits of uh, cameos. You see a little bit of like John Hamm, who has like two scenes as the gym yeah. teacher and health coach or whatever. And I think he's, you know, maximizes his time there. Um, and uh, it, but but ultimately at the end of the day, it comes down to does this thing justify its existence? Is anyone going to grab this instead of the 2004 Mean Girls? And I think unless you're like a fan of musicals or a fan of these songs in particular, there's no reason to. This is just a this is just a different version of the same thing. And um, and I think oddly feels like cash grabby when you start looking at it through that prism. So for me, I think it just doesn't quite get the job done. You know, it was originally supposed to be a Paramount Plus release, mm, and it was okay. bumped up to a uh, uh, theatrical release, which apparently was a, uh, a successful move. I believe it opened up at the box office. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I agree with 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 all that you said. I think the the biggest thing for me is that the songs just aren't great. Like, if you could, if it, if there were really really killer songs in it, then I could see the justification of this thing existing. I think there are a few good songs. I think the song that introduces Katie's character um, is a good song. It has some interesting, like um, an interesting look to it, like changing locations a few times. Mm -hmm. um, whatever they did to poor Renee Rapp, I don't know. I don't know her music that well. I know she's a singer, but but they turned those Regina George songs into just mushy, like the pop shit. Like you can't understand her half the time she's introduced. I don't know what the production on that was, but it man, it sucks. Uh, I do think the Janets and Damien characters are probably the only thing that's maybe slightly upgraded a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, they they sort of serve as narrators through this, which it just adds an interesting element to it. Um, I think uh, I, I do think uh, 
uh, Lizzie Kaplan was great. I think uh, I don't know how you say her name. Ali Caravolo, uh, Car- Caravolo. Yeah, Caravolo. I'm sorry that I screwed that up. She played Moana. I'm sorry that I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, I think she does a really good job too, and I think that the script kind of fleshes her character out a little more, like explicitly as being um, um, LGBTQ, uh, you know, as opposed to just sort of hinting at it. Um, that speaking of those like upgrades. I don't know that it all the way works grafting this 20 year old story onto uh, a world that has social media. Yeah, it, it's very forced um, throughout, like a lot of um, like screen recording type mm-hmm. stuff to show them on social media like and TikToks stuff. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think that because of that, it feels a little uh, like out of time a little bit. Like it, it doesn't feel like it was done for anything other than to throw the, the songs in there. I don't feel like there's any sort of, uh, you know, th- pulling this into the modern age at all. Because it, it does have, like, there are some elements, like you talked about, it's more diverse. Um, it's a little more uh, uh, spelled out in its representation. It changes uh, words like slut to cow, which, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I, I don't know that, that it really, again, like you said, justifies its, its existence as anything other than then oh here's a musical version of that movie that everyone loved yeah well and again the the big thing for me and i'll I'll say this one more time is that in a movie like this i think the what you don't what the people who are making this i assume don't want is for people to make comparisons and they want this thing to exist as its own thing Mm -hmm. um i think and i think a lot of people you know sometimes unfairly compare two things that are meant to be different you know when you see something that is meant to be a fresh take reboot of a, of a thing that's an established property maybe sometimes people make those comparisons a little bit too too easily but with uh-huh. this it's so similar in almost every way to the original that you know you can't help but do it you know i mean it's th- there are certain things that are like shot for shot the same line for line the same you know you've but, got <laughs> the same actors in it you know that's again that's the part that really really like kind of shatters the whole thing for me like Mm -hmm. same lines fine same plot fine tina fey delivering the same line she delivered 20 years ago in a superior movie in the same scenes the same with tim meadows one tiny twist to those two Mm -hmm. uh it it doesn't feel it it feels too much like a like like fan sir it's not even the right kind of fan service like there's a fan service thing in here that's what you would expect from a film like this yeah. Then there's that where they're playing the same roles, which doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, sense is the wrong word, but it, it doesn't. It, it throws off your your perception of this whole thing, mm-hmm. to, for me. Um, and then my biggest my my biggest complaint um, is they changed my favorite joke in the movie. Uh, Kevin's business card uh, mm-hmm. says something like "public figure" instead of "badass MC." Yeah. I was so upset when I saw that, but yeah. That whole, that whole, again, that whole mathletes thing, I feel is like really done a disservice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not a huge plot line in the in the original. Also, d- they changed the uh, the the Christmas song. Uh, oh yeah, it wasn't uh, rocking around, uh, rockin around the Christmas tree. It was something generic or something. Rock, well, it was like the, it was like a Christmas pole thing. I don't like yeah. the, like it, it like spelled out that it was going to be raunchy instead of just like yeah. I don't know. That was a weird. Segment. rocking anyway. around the pole yeah 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 and like then again, they... just weird stuff like that like 
what's the whole point of 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 like leaving everything the same, having them come out in the Christmas, you know, stuff, but then like changing the song? Yeah, my like wife the whole was point, talking that that ruins the joke almost that they're doing like a like a risque dance to like this old school. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it, it totally just spells out right away that it's going to be something yeah untoward. Yeah, uh, my wife pointed out that like it like she doesn't the Katie character doesn't even get to save the performance. Right. Like it's just show it just shows the aftermath on social media, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Um, what's your grade for this, Cody? Yeah, so I'm going to give it a C plus. I think it just, you know, I, like I said, I don't think it's bad. I do think that it's funny. I do think that, I, th- I I do agree with you that I think the Janice and Damien characters are maybe a slight upgrade, um, if not, you know, on par. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I think that everything else feels like an inferior thing. And and I mean, like, what what, you know, that movie had such a great, I mean, there's a lot that's great about it, but that Rachel McAdams performance is just like really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this, you know, the, the movie hinges on how good she is in the original. And this one, you know, doesn't get that from the way that this character is presented. Yeah. And I mean, maybe this is just progress and things falling out of favor, but like you don't ever feel like you, you legitimately start to feel sorry for the Renee rap version of this character. Like, yep. like she gets put through the fucking ringer yeah. and it's not some evil bitch getting her comeuppance. It's just somebody who's kind of bitchy mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it just doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Um, uh, a C plus for me too. I agree with everything you said. I just don't, uh, I, I don't know anyone who would pick this version over the original who was alive to see the original or at least has been seen the original, you know, in the last 20 or so years. I mean, it, it like you said, it, it made us a huge star out of Tina Fey. It made a huge star for a little while out of Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I assume this set the table for 30 Rock, uh, the success of this. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, C plus for both of us. Let's move on to our last movie, The Beekeeper. I'm the beekeeper to protect the hive. Sometimes I use fire to smoke out hornets. This is a multi-million dollar operation, asshole. Okay, so you can't come up here white knighting shit. Will you stomp his ass out, please? I uh, regretfully did not get to see this movie. I ran out of time. They didn't have a screening for us here, Cody. Yeah. Uh, but you did, and I've heard a lot of uh, things about this movie being bonkers, stupid, fun. Uh, but tell yeah. us about The Beekeeper and what you thought of it. Sure. So, uh, you know, Jason T- Statham, January movie. Like, what could what could go wrong, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, directed by David Ayer, uh, who... You know, I think is a talented guy. I mean, I think I, I really liked End of Watch. I think that's his best movie. I mm-hmm. think that there's talent in his lesser movies, even if, you know, he's on a streak of some stinkers right now. Um, but, you know, essentially you get a plot 
where um, uh, it starts off with Felicia, Felicia Rashad plays like an older woman and uh, who, who essentially gets um, preyed upon by like a scammer online and um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, basically has all of her money taken and Jason Statham is a retired like uh, uh, agent of, of like a secret society of people called the beekeepers who are there oh. to pr protect the hive. Uh, but then he also literally is a beekeeper on her farm. <laughs> Seems and, a little on the nose yeah. to get like, your retirement job. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and so basically he vows to sort of, um, you know, get revenge and, um, and, 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 um, you know, make the people who, uh, are in charge of this pay. And it's all led by, uh, 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 like, um, uh, Josh Hutcherson, who, who plays like a tech bro, um, who has, um, <laughs> who has like, is like the leader of this company that is like in charge of the scam and um in in his tech bro character uh let's just say that uh this conspiracy goes all the way to the top and uh oh, fuck. For real? and uh and so uh, uh statham <laughs> vows when he goes rogue to um to wipe everyone out uh so that he can again protect the hive so you know jason statham basically only talks in b metaphors uh <laughs> the entire movie uh and um <laughs> And uh, and the movie kind of escalates into into like it takes a it takes a turn which you can probably see coming as you're watching it and then it actually goes there and it's really stupid. Um, so yes, stupid fun. I would say yes. You get your um, you know typical uh, you know violent action scenes. It is a rated R movie, so you get a lot of uh, a lot of f bombs. You get a lot of broken limbs. You get a lot of uh, you know gunfights and stuff like that. Uh, I, I like the sort of douchebag uh, uh, Josh Hutcherson performance here where he is playing like a douchey tech bro, as I, I said. I just reminded me of uh, how much I like that performance from like teen heartthrobs of, of the past. Mm -hmm. uh, we mentioned American Fiction. Uh, is it um, Adam Brody that shows up in that as a douchebag? Uh, like oh, the, yeah. The film director. Mm -hmm. I just love that genre of performance. Like here's a guy that was on some like teen hit yeah. you know 10 15 20 years ago now he's playing the douchebag villain in a movie i do love that arc yeah 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 for sure um uh but you know at the end of the day you know this this movie is just you know like stupid fun i i was it is it is somehow at the same time like uh better than i thought it was going to be but still not great and i think that's a, that's about what i need from this movie right i need it to be uh uh, watchable. I need it to be entertaining. Uh, I need it to contain good action, and I need it to um, uh, to to not be you know totally intolerable when it comes to be be. Mm -hmm. I see what you did there. Be. I need it to sting. Oh, uh, yeah, honey. What what would you give? What grade would you give this movie, honey? <sighs> I'm gonna be honest and give it a C plus. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it, it's enjoyable, but I can't like deep down in my heart recommend it uh I, I but look if you're looking for a january fair uh there are worse january movies out there i watched one earlier this week that we that we didn't cover um but uh but yeah i mean c plus if, if you're a statham fan i think go for it uh because i do think that it delivers on uh that kind of thing i do think that 
for me, Statham is the best when he's operating with a little bit of humor underneath it. And I feel mm-hmm. like you don't really get that here. It's very straightforward, you know, action star kind of thing. Um, but it is silly. It is it is dumb. I actually do like the idea of like someone getting revenge for old people getting obviously and clearly scammed. Uh, it's a it's a cool idea, but then when it starts to devolve into this like stupid storyline, um, it, it kind of loses me a little bit. Wasn't that the the whole reasoning behind January six was old people getting scammed? I don't know, but there. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll explain something to you in a little bit. A woman, oh, okay. I, I, I want to spoil the movie for you, but I don't want to oh. do it on the show. So okay. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for this week. Next week, Cody, we have I know one that we have for sure. Yeah, we have ISS next week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one wide release. I watched that earlier this afternoon. Um, and then um, I don't know. We'll we'll see what else comes up. There may be like a a, a streaming thing or something like that. But um, I know that Origin opens up limited in certain areas. Yeah. Um, I know I you know all of us strangers opens up uh, here in San Antonio, so we could do a full review of that. Um, so we'll we'll figure something out to pair with it. All right. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. You can find us on Twitter at Cinesnob, Facebook Cinesnobnet, YouTube.com slash Cinesnob. Uh, you go uh, listen to our top 10 of 2023 show. I think it was a good show. Despite, yeah. Don't watch it because it looked like shit for some reason. <laughs> uh, go listen to it instead. Uh, any uh, Anything else before we go, Cody? Uh, no, uh, I, I, it's good to be back in, uh, in 2024 and, and back, you know, it's January, but, um, you know, uh, I, I enjoy getting back into the swing of things after the awards push where it's, it's a little bit less pressure filled and we can kind of just kick back and relax and, and, and try to enjoy some things and, uh, yeah. Watch movies at home instead of going to the theater. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry about the Cowboys, Cody. Eh. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, it's, it's part of, uh. It's part of the fandom. (laughs) All right. On that note, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.